The Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports Station. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, guys. I call no talking about bunting. Okay. <laughs> do you have to, like, put your finger next to your nose, right, so, like, the last person to do it is the one who, who has to talk about it? Yeah, I think the you know it's it right now we're in a in a rough place. We're banged up. We're just not hitting. And you know I'd like to believe that the last two games are the bottom of the barrel for us. But it's uh, you got a lot of guys that are really pressing right now, and they're trying to step up and do something to to make up for for some guys that haven't been in the lineup. And it's our our team is built on on taking a walk and hitting a bomb and that's that's what we've done all year long we're not likely to string together the small ball innings and you know when that happens it's usually it usually revolves around the same two or three guys that hit closer to the bottom of our lineup but that's not commonplace for us in, in run scoring well you you maybe just sort of answered the question i wanted to ask you and i know it's sort of a hard one but when your offense sputters like this i guess the thing I want to know, and I'm sure other people do, is why? And, and, and maybe some of that is what you said about guys pressing too much, but how, how do you get yourself out of a situation where you're just not hitting? It's hard to hit, you know? I mean, it's, it's hard. I, I think Ted Williams said it's the hardest thing to do in, in sport, and, and I believe that. Taking, taking a round bat and hitting a round ball is hard, and it's right now it's, it's extra hard for us. And, and I think it is has a lot to do with the the pressures that that players put on themselves it's when you're thinking about too much in the box when you're trying to overcome an 04 whatever or a 2430 it, it's it really starts to pile up on you emotionally and and you're carrying more than just that at bat but you know to think that you're going to just start doing things that you don't do that aren't within your skill set and that's going to get you out of a slump in September of a of a five six month long season that's really hard to to imagine it's a, these players have a skill set and and we just have to figure out how to how to help them back to doing the thing that they do you know jerry i'd like to believe that 30 some years of just institutional knowledge of playing quarterback in the game of football gives me at times lenses to and optics to look at quarterbacks and look at their body language and look at their feet and look at their eyes and look at things that i just know from having played the position i have no institutional knowledge of hitting in the game of baseball. You do. You pitched against them. You watch it. You evaluate. You project. So when you say to us, it looks like we're pressing or it looks like guys are trying to do too much, what are you seeing through your lenses and optics to make that judgment? You know, the hitters, when you watch the hitters, if you see them, what I would call leak out, you see their front side leave a little bit early in their swing. And and right now you're watching it with a fair number of our guys that – we're chasing more pitches away than we typically chase. We're one of the more disciplined teams in the league in terms of the pitches we choose to swing at. And right now we're not swinging at those pitches with the same type of regularity and we're swinging at the bad ones. And, and when we swing at them, we're off balance. It's, it's really hitting is about balance and transition. And, and right now you've got a lot of guys that are leaking with their front side. They're opening up just that little extra bit trying to do that thing, whether it's the two-run homer, whether it's the double in the gap to get things started. But when you're trying to do those things, you're almost always trying to pull the ball. And and if what you're trying to do is pull the ball hard in the air and and you are leaking out on your front side to do it, you're making yourself more susceptible to a variety of different pitches that you usually can't handle. And, and I think that's what we're doing right now. And 
it's uh, like I said, we've got enough history with everybody up and down our lineup at this point as major league hitters to, to feel confident in determining what type of hitter they are. And right now you just have a lot of guys that are not doing the thing that they do. And, and we have to get back to it. Jerry, we know what's going on injury-wise, obviously, with Suarez. What about guys who aren't necessarily injured but are hurt? How, how much is that affecting the team right now? I think it's killing us, to be honest with you. It's, it, it's really been the driver behind this week. It's, you know, it's, it's waiting for, for Dylan Moore to get back from an oblique. It's waiting for Mitch Haniger to get back from, from the low back. It's losing Julio for, for a series or the better part of it with a low back. It's, it's not having access to Cal Raleigh because of his thumb. You know, and, and, and if you think about all of this, and, and in, in addition to Gino and, and, and whatever maladies fall in between, whether it's a tight hamstring here, it's just that time of year. But, you know, to have so many guys dealing with it at the same time, and, and you think about how we were scoring our runs up to and including the last homestand, and, and even at, in, at different periods when we were in Anaheim, you, you get, we hit homers, and, and that's how we score. We're, we're that type of team. And, and, you know, when you're missing your best power hitters, when those guys are out of the lineup, and or if they're in the lineup, they're not feeling it and they're not 100%. It's certainly going to affect the way your offense looks. And, you know, one thing I, I know about teams that, that play offense the way we play, and we're not the only team in the league that's built the way we are, you know, it's a, it tends to look listless when you're not hitting bombs <laughs> because there's a, we're not likely to string together three and four hits in an inning. That's just not how our lineup generally operates. You know, we were chatting earlier in the, at the start of the show, Jerry, and, and I just wonder with that style, right? And, and, and I love the conviction to it. Like, this is who we are. This is how we play. I wonder how much at times you have to fight human nature of, oh, come on. Somebody just hit a bomb. Oh, come on. Just, just somebody else hit that shot. And we call it a bystander effect. I know, again, playing football, like, oh, come on, on this handoff, on this 93 blast, just take it to the house. Just please, just some, just somebody, I'm going to throw you this hitch route, break the tackle, go make a play. You're just counting on somebody else to make a play. Stylistically, when it is a, hey, we're going to have this approach, try to get on base, be a walk, control the zone, and then hit a bomb. How much do you also just have to fight like, nope, I can't press or I can't wait for somebody else to do the job? I think that's the quandary we find ourselves in is that, the, you know, up and down our lineup, we have a number of hitters sprinkled throughout who are what I would call bat to ball hitters, guys who can move the ball around the field that, you know, that are more hit than power you know, using a scouting term. Ty France is one of those guys. JP Crawford is one of those guys, obviously guys like Sam Haggerty fit in that category. And then you got your bombers, you know, you've got guys like Gino and, and, and I guess Julio fits in both categories, but you've got guys like Gino and Carlos Santana and Mitch Haniger and, and, the, and Cal Raleigh guys who are there and they, they hit the ball out of the ballpark. And right now the, the, the hit the field to hit guys haven't really been a, a, in a good place. They've not been where they typically are. So we have been more reliant on that bomb to score our runs. And, and, you know, at some point, the worm will turn for us is that we have a, a good lineup and it's, we have the ability to, to handle good pitching because we are disciplined in what we do. But right now it's about not swinging at the bad pitch. It's, it's about making sure you get the good pitch to hit because unless you get that pitch, you're just not going to be able to, to hit the ball out of the ballpark. So you know? and, and that's how we score. How long do you give yourself after uh, some frustrating games? 
Do you have a padded wall, padded room? Do you scream? Do you walk out the house, let it out? What, what does Jerry DePoto do to just vent some of the frustration out? Uh, every now and then you have to let some of it go. And But, you know, as a general rule, you just try to watch. And, you know, last night was probably uh, the, the tip of the iceberg in terms of frustration. And I know our players feel it. We don't have to, to, to tell them. You know, it's a, Scott doesn't have to walk in the room and say, hey, guys, we need to score. It's, <laughs> they know. And it's, a, it's, it's just about pulling out of it. But, you know, as far as the, the frustrations go, we feel it just like anybody who's watching the game, just like the fan watches it, just like the, you know, everybody who works at the Mariners. And, and we want this as much for them as they want it for them. But you can't push it. You can't force it. It's going to happen at the pace that it's, that it's going to happen. And, and as frustrated as, as anyone can be, you got to find a way the next day to come and deliver positive energy because you know if, if i'm being honest i woke up this morning thinking man i delivered too much negative energy last night i got to figure out how to how to get on the other side of the coin me too yes me three i'll i'll, I'll add my my myself to that hey jerry I, I one of the things that's hard about this job uh is trying to judge players we can see what we see on the field but it's really hard to judge mentality and uh sort of where they're at mentally how, how do we judge focus and I guess I'll be honest. The reason I'm asking is because of, of watching Luis Castillo and some of the challenges he's had against weaker opponents versus how spectacular he's been against the best of the best. How, how do we judge his ability to concentrate and focus? Yeah, I think we're still working our way through that. And there, there's something to be said for the, the, taking an opponent for granted, so to speak. And, and I, don't, I don't think Luis has that in his game. I, I do think that he comes, he has the, the game day face. He is locked in on who the opponent is. I, you know, one of the nuances of, of playing the Oakland A's right now, and in some ways it's like playing our team back in 2019. And you know, it, there, there's so many players there that you're trying to figure out that you've not seen before, that you don't have a lot of scouting information on. And the one thing I know about the A's, and this is historically true, at least in my career in, in baseball, the A's, they swing at the right pitch. They take the wrong pitch. They force you to throw the ball in the strike zone more than most teams you're going to face. And and I think that's what Louie ran into the other night. It's, uh, you know, you you have a grinding team who's got something to prove, and they're fighting for jobs. And, and that creates a far different dynamic and just going out there and easing your way into a lineup as a starting pitcher and trying to figure out who these guys are because they're out there and they're hungry. And because you've never heard of them doesn't mean that they don't want them as bad as you do. Hey, uh, I'm curious here, uh, Jerry. We've spent a lot of time uh, this week talking the Denver Broncos, actually, and some of their play-calling woes and issues and game plan and everything else a, a new coach, a new regime is facing there. And uh, play-calling is deep. There's a lot of portions to it. A lot goes into it. Uh, I'm curious from behind the scenes, as much as you can, can you share with us, with me, how just a day-to-day lineup gets put together? How much of a role you and, and the guys in the analytics department and everybody plays in, in helping Scott formulate and, and put his plan together? I mean, by and large, the, the easy answer to that question is that it's going to happen. You know, there's 162 games in a regular season, and you have to – come up with 162 lineups most of the time that decision is being made in scott's office and and it's typically scott and it's carson vitale who are sitting there cutting through it scott will visit with our training staff to find out who's available and in the instances like we're in now frankly when the offense is sputtering or you don't have the the 
the the depth and healthy bodies that you're hoping for or need. You know, Scott may reach out, reach out to me. He might reach out to Justin. He might reach out to to one of our analysts. So typically, Skyler Shibiyama, who's who tends to be a go-to guy there, or our advanced scouting coordinator, Sam Reinertson, and, and they'll contribute an opinion because they watch the the players every day. But ultimately, the lineup is is made by Scott. He'll weigh opinion uh, and ask for it at the appropriate times. But when it's going the way it should go, like, frankly, it did for about, you know, 10, 12 weeks. <laughs> He's, he knew what he was going to do the night before and would get a would get a Slack message letting us know what the lineup is for tomorrow. Jerry, I, I've been kind of struggling with this since yesterday, trying to figure out how to ask you this question. And, and I'll be honest, I still don't really know. What's going on? I, I'll keep it as simple as I can, I guess. What's going on with Jesse Winker? Uh, it's just not been a great year for Wink. And, and I wish I could tell you why. He's got an outstanding skill set that's been proven over time he is, you know, he hits, he has some power. He gets on base at an incredibly high clip. He's one of the more discerning hitters in the league. And, and for whatever reason, it just hasn't clicked for him in Seattle to this point. And I, and I don't know why that is. He's had flashes, you know, we, we've seen it in a week or a month and right around midsummer, I, I really felt like he was doing the things that Jesse does and pulling out of it. But I, he looks like a, a player who's really had a, a year where he's pushed himself to figure it out. And, and so when you do that, when you're when you're thinking too much in the batter's box, very similar to where we started the conversation. When you're thinking too much, you tend to run yourself into slumps. And you know, now I say that, and he's still been you know a, a league average on base guy. He's doing things to figure out how to do the best with what is kind of a. Not his best season, and I think he'd be the first one to admit it. But somehow we got to figure out a way to help him out of it. But it just it hasn't been going that way. And and you know we've got two weeks left in our regular season. Uh, we hope to have a postseason that we're going to drive into. And the easiest thing you can do, and I think the same for Jared Kelnick, who's in today's lineup, who comes back and is going to get a shot to to try to get us going a little bit today. I look at those guys, and if you if you wake up in the morning and flip over your baseball card or pop on the internet to see what your stat line looks like that day, you're going to press because it just hasn't been the kind of year that you are used to having. And you know, all you can do at this point is start clean and say, "I've got two weeks to help this team get where it wants to go." And then it starts again, and I get a clean season where I'm batting zero. And and that's really the only way you can look at it when you've not done you know the things that you expected to do. You just have to take a shower and go start again. And I think I get that from his perspective, from the from the management of the team perspective. You know, how much patience can you have when, in addition to the challenges he's had at the plate, he, he's not, you know, that skill set you mentioned does not involve being a, a plus fielder, and he's, you know, he's not a runner. Those aren't just his, he, he makes up for those generally with his great bat. How patient can you afford to be as, as, the, as this season becomes shorter and shorter? Well, it's, I think you're seeing it in that, you know, right now we're trying to figure out how to get him his DH days. And, you know, Jesse, fair or unfair, when we acquired Jesse, Jesse's profile was he was a banger against right-hand pitching, one of the best hitters in baseball, really, against right-hand pitching, was not you know, considered a gifted defensive outfielder. It, what his huge value was what he was doing in the batter's box. And, and uh, and that was the the primary appeal in trading for him that you were getting a prime years banger who could go into the middle of your lineup and and you know whether luck or fortune whatever it was 
not having Mitch Hanniger all year long and, and the, the struggles that Jared incurred early in the season and then losing players left and right forced Jesse in the lineup, not just to play left field every day, which wasn't a natural intention, but also to face left-hand pitchers on a regular basis, which also wasn't part of his skill set. And, and I don't know if that was a contributing factor to, to him getting off to a rough start or if it wasn't. I, but those, those things all play into what has not been, I'm sure, his favorite season. And, you know, but he's 28 years old. He still has that same skill set. And just as easily as this year happened for him, next year he could show up and be the same guy that was spit out as the, you know, the, the, the top left fielder in baseball last year by the shredder or the all-star that, that started in left field at, at the 2021 all-star. He still has those skills. We just have to figure out how to help him uh, find them because they're in there. Jerry, how important is experience this time of the year? And, and how many guys that are going to be playing the next two weeks have been in these moments into a playoff push, into magic numbers? Does that does that play a, a role experience-wise in your opinion? I, I think you saw how big a role it plays when we were in Anaheim on, on Monday, especially with Carlos Santana, who – is probably the only player we have that's ever meaningfully been through these situations. You know, Kirk Casale has some experience in, in this way. Gino has some experience in this way, as does Wink. And But no one has the, the depth of experience in this regard as Carlos Santana. And, and you know, while Carlos is not the guy that's going to spray five singles around from line to line, he is going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He is going to take his walk. He is going to swing at the right pitch. And what we're finding out is in those big moments, there's a, the, the guy that you want walking to the plate is, is frequently Carlos Santana. And he's delivered for us in big moments. And I think the, every player in that clubhouse respects him for what he brings to the table. And, and I think his, his leadership and his experience is going to be very pivotal for this team, you know, in the next two weeks and beyond. It's a, a, and it's a great question. He is, he is by far the most experienced in those situations, and he has become even more frequently tapped into by the players around him because of it. It's interesting with all of that that yesterday you make a move to bring back somebody who you said will be in the lineup today who doesn't have a ton of experience but sure has the skill set to, to really, as you said, ignite this team. Why the timing on Jared Kelnick yesterday? You know, what, we've talked about it all year long. J.K. has incredible baseball skills. You know, his, his baseball talent is unquestionably good. And, you know, under the radar, because he struggled the way he did, you know, in the big leagues, he had a 930 OPS in AAA, finished third in the PCL in, in OPS as one of the two youngest players in that league. And, you know, we still lose sight of just how young he is and how talented he is. And, and what we saw since his last emotion, you know, we, we called him up briefly as an injury replacement. He went back to Tacoma. And, you know, in the time that he was back in Tacoma, what we saw was a major shift in his swing decisions. And, and when I say swing decisions, the, the pitches he was choosing to swing at and what he was choosing to walk by, how much more discerning he was. And, and that was the biggest challenge from a baseball skill development perspective that was in front of Jared. And it's the, this was the most meaningful improvement that we'd seen him make. And, you know, we've never doubted his physical ability. We've never doubted his work ethic and how hard he plays. Uh, I'll take the, what he's done over the course of the last 
six weeks or so uh, in in terms of developing skill is notable. How you know how much that transfers quickly at the big league level remains to be seen. There's only a short time left. We also felt like with a team that was really running low on on that 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 energy that you get from scoring runs in bunches and from you know the, what we saw last homestand. It's this this road trip has been a real grind with some of the injuries and and the, the lower scoring offensive days that we've incurred along the way. And we thought JK's energy could really give us a boost because he always had brings it. Uh, last question for me, Jerry. We run into nervous Mariners fan at the coffee stand today, at the grocery store, at the gas station. We run into nervous Mariners fan. Your counsel to them is what? You know, I, th- I said it last night, and and I say this somewhat jokingly, we are feeding the anxieties of 20 years of disappointment <laughs> with Mariners fans. It's a, But uh, we're, we're still in a very good position. We, we're not Right now, we're not our own friend. Right now, we are being helped greatly by the fact that other contending teams – decided that this was also going to be their time to go through the we can't score desert. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, we, we've, while we've been struggling, you know, until last night, I don't think we lost a single game in the standings. And, you know, that's, that's probably the silver lining in our struggle. And, and the fact that we still have two weeks of games and, and we are getting a little healthier. You know, we saw Gino yesterday take BP and I, Per, per Gino, he doesn't feel it. And I don't know what that's going to mean in terms of throwing from third base, but I am confident that we're going to get his bat back in the lineup sooner than later. And and a lot of what's happened over the course of the last week will resolve itself, as we saw last night with Cal getting back in the lineup and, and hitting the ball hard. And, and now Mitch playing you know day in, day out. And he's starting to find a little bit of feel in the batter's box. These things will all resolve themselves, and we're still in a very good position in, in the big picture. But we have to start helping ourselves instead of relying on others to do it for us. Well, let's uh, let's hope you don't spend forty years in the desert. Let's get out of the desert, find an <laughs> oasis, right, and let's uh, head right into the postseason with a pitching rotation that, unfortunately, we didn't get to talk much about today. But I promise we will next week again because they've just been so spectacular. And watching Robbie Ray kind of get back to it last night was awesome. Excited to watch Kirby today, Jerry. Thanks for the perspective. It's much appreciated today. I think from a lot of people, and we'll talk next week. All right, guys. Look forward to it.